0: This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by Dancing You Yarns. You can find the link for Dancing You Yarns shop at com. Hi, this is Alana and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting podcast. everybody, you are listening to episode 17. Thank you as always for joining me. Since I've last recorded, I have done a lot of knitting work and design knitting, but nothing I'm allowed to blog about or talk about. But believe me, I have done more knitting than you will ever know. I actually completed a new design this week that I hope to be able to share with you this upcoming June. It turned out really cute but boy did it misbehave and give me problems while on the needles. I think I knit the top half of it three or four times. It was so frustrating. That is the annoying thing I'm finding about designing your own knits. It can take several, several tries before you get the look you want. And that's extra frustrating for someone such as myself that has a crazy knitting schedule and pretty much only evenings to knit. Yeah, toddlers, they're not the best with understanding about knitting time. I remember at 18 months old, my daughter would firmly complain.
1: No mommy, no mommy,
0: no mommy, no dear, no mommy. If I quickly tried to sneak a few stitches in during the day, it's easier now that she's older Especially if I'm knitting something for her, but still, nighttime after she goes to bed is my main knitting time. Me getting to knit during the day is pretty rare. But back to the designing thing. Every time I would knit up this project and realize that it still wasn't right, ah, uh, it would make me feel sick. I would get this pit in my stomach. I would feel like all this time that I've been knitting tonight has been wasted. I'm right back to where I started. So after knitting and ripping and knitting and ripping several times, I admit that I kind of wanted to brutally murder the thing. I've done that before, Um, not with any person, with a project that is, a cross-stitch project. I was a teenager and I was trying to explore my crafty side with this little cross-stitch square. This was before the days of knitting. And after spending hours and hours cross stitching, I realized that one stitch was off count, making the entire motif off center. To say that I was angry would be an understatement. A normal person might have been a little bit disappointed, or maybe even really disappointed, and just put the thing away. Or maybe patiently removed all of the offending stitches. But, not I. For some reason, this cross-stitch disappointment brought out a violent streak in myself, and I just wanted that stupid cross-stitch project, well, dead. I took out a pair of scissors, and without even flinching, cut that square into a tiny million pieces, and then promptly disposed of them in the trash. It was this incident I was thinking of when I was struggling with my design project. The great thing about being a knitter, though, is that I've learned patience over the years. I now know that it's worth the effort to have something done right, and that sometimes these things take a while. I'm glad I persevered. The design is something now that I can be proud of, and looking back, that is definitely worth a couple extra nights of knitting. Also a few days ago, as I was walking by my knitting corner, a little whisper emerged from a gallon-sized Ziploc bag. It said, Finish me. Yeah, you guessed it. It was my poor, abandoned Sienna cardigan calling out to me, I've just been putting this poor project off for way too long. At first I loved it. I couldn't put it down. Then I set it aside as I was busy knitting other things. And then I just stopped wanting to finish it. I have a little confession to make. I haven't really wanted to work on it because, well, I'm afraid it might be too small. I adjusted the gauge. I'm afraid too much compounded by the fact that I might have gained five pounds recently. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I just keep holding the pieces up to me, kind of stretching them around my body, but it's just too soon to tell. I really have to seam and block it before I know for sure. The yarn I'm using is a really bouncy wool that blocks out a lot, so it might just be okay. I'm just gonna finish it and hope for the best. I'm hoping it'll turn out fitting similar to the forecast sweater, which is on the tight side, but can be successfully worn unbuttoned. I'm realizing that there's absolutely nothing worse than a hand-knit sweater turning out too small. If your sweater turns out way too big, yes, it's disappointing, but this way, when it's too small, Not only have you wasted endless hours on a sweater that doesn't fit, but you feel fat too. It's kind of a bad place to be, but whatever. I'm finishing it, so I don't have to look at it, taking up space in my knitting corner ever again. If all else fails, I'll just get my three-year-old to model it for you, and it will join my ever-growing collection of skinny clothes in the closet. So this episode, since I don't have much knitting activity to report to you, I'd like to take the time to...
1: Bring on the product reviews!
0: This episode, I will be reviewing many yarns. These are all yarns that I have recently worked with for one reason or another, either for a test knitting project or swatching for a design idea. The first yarn I'd like to talk about is Barocco Ultra Alpaca Light. This is a DK weight wool and alpaca blend. It's quite beautiful. It comes in all of these lovely heathered colors, and it's really nice and soft. I was interested in this yarn because, although I love the feel of alpaca, I don't like the drapiness. So I was wanting a yarn that still had that same look and feel, but more structure, as this does since it's a half wool content. It knitted up really nicely and I was really happy working with it. The main thing that stands out to me about this yarn are the colors, which are all really rich and beautifully heathered and also the price. This yarn retails for about $5 a skein for 144 yards. Not bad. Barocco also carries a worsted weight and a lace weight version of this yarn. Another yarn I thought I'd try out. Seeing that it is a very similar product to the ultra alpaca is Cascades Lana de Oro. This one is a worsted weight. It's soft, there are pretty colors, just like the ultra alpaca. And just like the other yarn, it's 50% alpaca, 50% wool, but it just wasn't as nice. It felt scratchier to me and fuzzier. I just didn't like it quite as much. If I could choose, I would go with Broco's Ultra Alpaca. That being said, though, this yarn is super cheap. I noticed that it's only around $6 for 110 yards. And I noticed that Dancing You Yarns is selling this yarn for only $2.15 per 100-gram skein and $1.10 for a 50-gram skein. Seriously, a dollar. It's definitely worth a dollar. I'll post a link to it in the show notes. Also, I worked with Debbie Bliss Como. It's a super bulky single ply wool cashmere blend. This was a fun yarn, definitely. It was really, really soft and easy to knit with. I think that this would be a really cool yarn to give to someone who's just learning because it's so big and bulky, so it would provide instant gratification. And it's a single ply, which seems easier for beginners to knit with but for myself, I'm a little wary of single ply yarns because I can really see how it could pill up a lot over time. It was fuzzing up a lot even while I was knitting it. It's very loosely spun, so it was bound to happen, but I still like it. It's really, really soft and nice. I also had the opportunity to knit with Swish Worsted by Knit Picks. This is the first yarn I've ever tried by Knit Picks, and to tell you the truth, I was not expecting to like it. Knit is so reasonably priced, this yarn is only $3.99 a ball, that I was thinking, well, how nice can it really be for that price? But really, I was pleasantly surprised. It was soft, nice to work with, it washed up nicely, it was great. And it's 100% merino wool, and it's machine washable and dryable, and there are really pretty colors available. So I'm totally sold. And I will be keeping this one in mind for a future project. You know, like when I run out of yarn or something. I also, this past week, worked with Rowan's Kid Classic, a mohair, wool, and nylon blend. And also, Rowan's Scottish Tweed, Erin. Both of these yarns were just so-so for me. I loved the look of them both, but the feel of them wasn't as great. The Kid Classic just had kind of a gross mohair feel. Well, I guess that is because it's 26% mohair. And um, truthfully, I might be a little prejudiced toward it, just a little, because I'm not a huge mohair fan. And as for the Scottish tweed, I love tweed. But this is a straight wool tweed that is plied. And I think I'd just much rather knit with Queensland's Kathmandu. That's the yarn that I use for my dad's sweater. And that's a wool tweed, but it's mixed with cashmere and silk. It looks just the same as the Rowan Scottish tweed, but it's much, much softer. With working with so many different yarns lately, I happened to stumble across my new favorite yarn. I love it so much. It's so soft and so nice to work with. And that yarn is Rowan Calmer. It's a bouncy cotton polyester blend, And I realize that while I'm saying that, that that may not sound exciting or desirable, but trust me on this, it is. It's got an amazing amount of spring to it, making it super fast and fun to knit with, like a great springy wool, only this is a cotton blend. It's also a really pretty good value. You get 175 yards for around $7, not that bad. I loved working with it so much that I ordered some in pink to design a little girl's summer top. That'll be really fun. I can't wait to get it. I'd like to now announce the winner of last episode's drawing. In episode 16, I announced that everyone who entered a comment under the show notes would be entered to win five skeins in the color of their choice of Rowan summer tweed, provided by Dancing You Yarns. I entered all the comments, which were around 100, into the random number generator online, and the winner is, coincidentally, the same podcast listener that provided the knitting story that you will be listening to next, which is Lumi, or Stephanie. Congratulations, Stephanie. Please get in touch with me and send me your address, and Dancing You will get this yarn out to you right away. This episode, I have the pleasure of reading a story sent in by a listener of this podcast, Stephanie Vianelli. And this is her story, the story of I made the, stakes, I regret. the Problem Shawl. caught the lace knitting bug in 2007. I had just finished the Tuscany shawl from the book No Sheep for You, and I decided that I needed to make a wedding shawl for my May 23, 2009 wedding. My thought was that I was a slow lace knitter. I needed those two years. I went to my local yarn shop, a shop that I have spent a lot of time at. I explained to Diana that I wanted to knit lace. And she quickly sold me Victorian lace today and a beautiful skein of purple alpaca lace weight yarn. I was sure that I would successfully knit the myrtle leaf shawl with the willow border right away. But there was a problem. I'm not sure what I was thinking. First off, I hate purple. So, why did I buy a purple yarn for my wedding shawl, whose main color is bright yellow? The lesson of not buying a yarn because it was the prettiest in the store was soon learned. I quickly started the hunt for the perfect natural yarn for the wedding shawl. The second problem that was discovered was that I did not know how to do a yarn over on a wrong side row. So I set aside this shawl pattern for a while while I searched for the perfect wedding shawl for me. And then I found it. I ended up knitting the melon pattern using the willow border that I had planned for my dream shawl out of handmaiden sea silk. The shawl turned out beautifully, but I still loved and wanted the myrtle leaf shawl, but I just wasn't quite ready to make it yet. Fast forward to November of 2007, when Blue Moon Fiber Arts came out with their Raven line. The goth that I thought I had left behind as a teenager quickly pointed to the Thraven color and said, That that would be perfect for the myrtle leaf shawl. You know I'm right on this. I also comforted myself with the fact that I was a better knitter now, and I didn't have to stress because there was no occasion that it had to be done for. So with that, I quickly ordered a skein of the silk thread and waited patiently, dreaming of the myrtle leaf shawl that it would become. I balled it up shortly after receiving my order from the website. The yarn was so thin. I have never worked on something so fragile. I cast it on with the size 5 needles and very patiently knitted the first four rows of the pattern. I hated it. I could only successfully knit a row if I was in complete silence. I couldn't even listen to the radio. Turn it off! Can't you see I'm knitting lace? So I set it aside. And didn't even look at it again until August of 2008, when I decided that I would never knit this project and joyously frogged the whole thing. But this yarn, it would not let me be every time I went into the yarn rack. It was there reminding me of how much I loved its color, how it was one of my favorite fibers, 100% silk, and just how pretty it would look when it was knit up. I heard about the Mystic Star Shawl on the Lyman Violet podcast. I knew that that would be perfect for my poor, neglected silk thread. I signed up and waited for the first clue to be posted. It was going to be perfect. A circular shawl designed for thin, lace-weight yarn. Oh, I had dreams in my head. I successfully finished Clue 1, but my poor shawl languished while I had to start and finish gift projects, and perhaps a cute scarf for myself. Yet I still found myself looking through Victorian Lace today and longing for my dream shawl when I was hit with a major breakthrough. This project would be a cakewalk if I used stitch markers. I decided that I was a much better lace knitter than I was in 2007 and that this shawl would be mine. I frogged the Mystic Star Shawl, I'd only done one clue, so it didn't hurt too much, right? Well, there may have been a twinge or two, I admit. I cast it on for my dream shawl. Finally, confident that this time I was going to get it right. I was a much better knitter. I had the power of stitch markers on my side. I had my size 5 needles, and I was ready to go. There was nothing that could stop me. Well... There was just one little, one little problem. My size 5 needles were wood, and they clung to my silk yarn like you wouldn't believe, and made huge gaps between the repeats. The only solution to this was I would need to use metal needles, and I didn't have any metal size 5s, but I had them in size 4. This wasn't a problem, and I was only on repeat 2 of 40. I could totally frog this and be in control of my knitting. I quickly ripped out and cast on with the size 4s. It soon became clear that the metal needles, they were the way to go, but the shawl still looked like a spiderweb in a bad way. I decided I cannot frog this thing again. I would just switch to size 2 and no one would know. I did this and took photos for Ravelry. It still didn't look quite right. I couldn't keep the yarn tight around the stitch markers. I asked my fiance, should I restart this? I don't think that this looks quite right. The gaps are still there. I'm just not quite happy with it. He being a male who can knit but isn't a knitter says, it looks fine. Just keep going. You've restarted this project so many times. Just keep going. The next day, I had to call one of my best knitting friends, Jen Muse on Ravelry. We started to talk about the dream shawl, and I mentioned that I was now working it on size 2s instead of 4s. She quickly went to Ravelry to see the photo and asked if the photo was on size 4s. I said it was, and she told me to quickly frog it. She then asked if I had any smaller stitch markers because that would solve the pulling problems at the repeats. When I said that the ones in the photos were the smallest I had, she said she would buy me the lace stitch markers she had been using on the Icarus shawl. I would never doubt Jen Muse's advice as she has superb taste. I frog the shawl one last time, very quickly, as if I was ripping off a band aid. I cast it on into the four rows of garter stitch patiently waiting for my new stitch markers. The stitch markers have arrived. The lace knitting is progressing wonderfully. It looks beautiful. The lace is a dream. The only tiny Last problem is that I think my dream shawl may be turning out to be a dream scarf. Stephanie so much for contributing that story for the podcast. Although the shawl has given Stephanie all kinds of problems, it really is turning out so beautifully. I'll be posting a link to Stephanie's Ravelry page in the show notes of this podcast so that you can check out the problem shawl for yourself. Do you have a knitting story that you can think of that you'd like to share on the podcast? If so, please email me. I'm always looking for more stories to share. You can find the show notes for this podcast on my blog at neverknotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Knitting, where you'll also find a Never Knitting Ravelry group if you'd like to join. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at neverknotknitting at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me and for listening to the podcast, and I'll see you next time.
1: She won't even do the dishes The houseplants, they're all dead Yeah, her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching. And the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she just not knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters. And more socks than they could ever wear. hard in the fridge in the cupboards the bathtub and pantry it's even in the washer and dryer that's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes she's never not knitting. It's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She She just just won't won't stop stop her stitching. And the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Her husband says, get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project, she says finish up this row she's never not knitting and it's making her husband mad she just won't stop her stitching and well she's losing all she had